In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Shall we tell them who Matt is during the podcast or shall we just every so often hear some random bloke in the corner? Just like that, probably. Let's find out. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, the podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they can't get to work. As always, I am joined in the podcast studio, which is also the Hazlitt Theatre in Maidstone, by the one and only Mr. Danny Ward. You were a bit peaky then at the beginning then, champ. Shall I do it again? No, 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 it's fine. So, uh, yes, so we are at... The Hazlitt Theatre in Maidstone. We've got a tour show. Do I keep peeking? No, no, no. I'm just... It's, it's oh, right. I'm, I'm on edge, Daddy. I'm yeah. on edge with seeing you. I mean, ideally, you have a pair of headphones as well. You know. Yeah. This is, <laughs> some, uh, How long has this been ongoing? At point, <laughs> some point, I'm, I'm sure. And I'm only... I'm just refusing to buy them. Well, at I'm, some point, there's going to be a no pair of headphones for the guest as well. I just haven't got round to it. All elusive third pair of cans. We have got two pairs of cans. Yeah, we haven't got a third one for we have a guest. No. Remember that? We used to do it yeah, back in the... Yeah, no, I don't... Yeah, well, feels yeah, like back a in million the old years days. ago, doesn't it? Yeah, but we're going to st- start doing them properly again yeah, soon. Yeah, we're back, we're gonna, in, we're back we're at it now after the... Um, Edinburgh and all sorts All sorts, of, all sorts, but we're up and running again now. Yep, and we've got a lovely tour show. Danny's first one yeah, back on gigged, the tour. I haven't gigged since the 26th of August, so... I, uh, I can't wait to see what happens so out there. Fingers 25, crossed, everyone. 25 minutes of... I reckon that's the longest I haven't gigged. Uh, well, actually, I was going to sit with the pandemic, wasn't it? But yeah. it's, it's the longest I haven't gigged in uh, in, 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 in a few years. That's yeah. for sure, in a couple of years. Do you, so, okay, that's interesting. Do you think that matters? Ask me uh, at uh, <laughs> 8.05. <laughs> but, like, do, like, yeah, do you course. think... Yeah, it's, so it's, what? So, But you know the stuff, so mm. you know how to say the stuff. Mm. What, what do you think it is? Mm. Is it the, the rhythm, the timing, the, the, the confidence of just... Being on stage, like, will you be a bit more uncomfortable up there if you haven't done it for a while? I think sometimes it's good to have a break from anything, including comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, to have some time to come back to it fresh, fresh Well, you know what? I went went away, it was only five, six days, I went to Barcelona. Yeah. For for a break. Didn't even do comedy over there. I I, I I treated it like a little writing retreat, like, get, get the next show started. Just a nice hotel, just chilled out. And you know what? When I came back and did those first few shows... I I really enjoyed them. I I sort of I think if you do something all the time, yeah. you 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 don't appreciate it as much. No. Uh, so I'm yeah I'm I'm flying at the moment. I'm really enjoying everything. That's good stuff. Matt, Matt, have you been working out? 
He's looking out of a buff, isn't he? He is. He's yeah. He's been. He's, big, he's, been, he's got a personal trainer. Oh, he just you tense then. Yeah, I've just realised. Don't worry, listeners. Different. You can't hear Matt, but what we'll do is we'll post a photo of him with his shirt off for you uh, when we release the podcast. So it's Matt Price, but it's not that Matt Price. It's a different Matt Price. Yeah, not, not, there is a comedian Matt Price. We haven't had Matt Price on here. We should have Matt Price on here. The trouble is, he's in the, doesn't he, does he live in the West Country? No, I, well, I think he lives in South London, but I uh, could be wrong. Oh, well, there's no excuse. So we I, should I get might him have on. that entirely wrong. Yeah. He's from the West Country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, as am I, but, you know. Yeah, we haven't had a good old storyteller on here for a while, I don't think. Um, so, uh, this is a Matt A yarn Price. teller. Matt's in the comedy game, though. Matt's in the comedy game. Matt is a comedy promoter and for also, Lone Star in Kent. And also was in Wheelbarrow Town. Our uh, the, esteemed, uh, esteemed YouTube, exclusive it's YouTube. Exclusive to YouTube uh, <laughs> uh, web series. Go check it out. You know, because I was thinking about this, because it just so happened that when I, you know, my, my the camping video that went, that went viral, you know that? Yeah. 1.5 oh, million. Take, how long did that take you to get <laughs> that in? 1.5 million minutes. accounting. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I had the Wheelbarrow Town t-shirt in there, didn't I? So that was inadvertently 1.5 million people would have gone, Wheelbarrow Town. Oh, they might Google. We should have a little look at our numbers. So we could have a look at the numbers of YouTube and see if they've gone into triple figures yet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's an underground, it's, an, you know, it's a cult oh, I, following. I, a cult I've, following. Think, I've been thinking about this and I think we should do a, a, an edit, cut it right down and relaunch because there's so many more people that haven't mm. seen it. Yeah. But yeah, we probably should. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Matt was... Matt was all over Will Matt was that. Matt, he? did you know uh, Matt has done an open five minutes, open spot five minutes set. Oh, I didn't know this. In, uh, so Matt is a school friend of mine from from since we were i don't know four five and so basically it's quite funny that matt oh matt is gonna oh, matt, oh, you, you got, matt's gonna be really nervous talking on this i think nah nah is that right how's well i that's what i thought it might be fun to talk about this so when we started myself and stuart foreman who was also known as kurt driver we started around the same time and we we gigged together all the time and Stuart has done an episode of this and he's just started comedy again in Australia and I think yeah so he was on an episode when I was over there as well I think um so Matt used to just come and support us used to come and hang out and go to gigs so we're doing it for a while and then Matt do you remember where the your your one gig was was it Hastings it was Hastings I think yeah. it might have been St Leonard's yes, comedy that club and uh and it was like a piss take, wasn't it? It was Pretty like, much. we basically dared Matt to go up there and do... But we, we, Matt, we once, I think we once said to Matt, just come up with a joke on the spot. And then Matt just, just said some stuff. And Matt was a farmer at the time. So, so he just started telling this story about... And it didn't make any sense. And it, it, there wasn't a punchline. He got up and he just told this joke that he knew wasn't going to work. <laughs> and uh, Matt, can you tell us it now? Oh, blimey. Um... Do, 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 trying to think what it was now. So I, I know what it was. I was on I was on my tractor and was just driving up and down the field, up and down, up and down as you do on a tractor. And um suddenly <laughs> there's this really big bang. So oh, no, what was that? So I looked out the back window and the machine looked all right and I couldn't couldn't work out what was going on. But as I started driving off again, the tractor was pulling to the left, just pulling to and I was like, oh, no, I can't, I can't go, make it go in a straight line. So I called my dad and said, Dad, look, the tractor won't go in a straight line. It's just pulling to the left. And he goes, have you tried to turn to the right? I was like, yeah, it doesn't work. It just wants to go to the left. Anyway, long story short, 
never guessed what it ended up being. It was only the left back final drive. <laughs> that was the best bit of anti-comedy I think I've ever heard. <laughs> but what was really funny, because well, it sounds like a proper old joke, so you're expecting it to actually be funny. And I remember really clearly the audience. So we're talking 2008. Something like that, I think, yeah. So... the audience were really sort of listening to all that build-up. And when he said left-back final drive, there was this sort of laughter. And then they went, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they went, ha-ha. And it just stopped all of a sudden. (laughs) And then Matt just got off. Matt, what's the problem? Left-back what drive? Left-back final drive. It's something in the back of the uh, tractor that snapped on the drive shaft. It's just a true story. Yeah, it's a true story. (laughs) It's just a a true story. (laughs) Yeah, the left-back final drive snapped and... You notice that Matt's holding the microphone like he's going to live a nice crowd. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I was thinking that. It looks so awkward. There we go. I'm just sitting here rambling, really. Yeah, all right. Well, pass it back. And oh, uh, if, back. if we have anything hey, else. I'm still can't look. I'm still just looking at his biceps. <laughs> yeah, he's always. Oh, oh, crikey. <laughs> crikey, mate. Um, so. You got any fans, Matt? Because uh, well, you know what you could do is you could have you on tractors because Matt's got. A, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it sexual your attraction to tractors or not? Like, <laughs> Matt loves tractors. I know so he loves much. tractors. I remember when we were doing wheelbarrow tower yeah. and, a, and a tractor went past and he ran to the window like a like dog, a dog looking at, <laughs> as, it, as it drove past, thinking their owner was home. Oh, I'll oh, never forget that. Was a John Deere? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just seeing if there's any uh, if there's a quiz on the history of tractors. <laughs> And there is. I'll just, I'll just ask him. I'll just ask you t- uh, three questions, right? <laughs> okay. Why are giant-sized tractors useful? Why are giant-sized tractors useful? A. The cabs are comfortable. B. They pull wide ploughs. C. They work well on snow. Or D. They are manoeuvrable. Well, not manoeuvrable. That bloody big bastards. Not manoeuvrable. No. So the bloody you... big bastards. No, was, uh, I'll, I'll translate. Was, Hang uh, on. I'll put, use my mic. This is like a look at this third, like the elusive third microphone. One day as well. One day, go on. Um, I should imagine it's so it can pull a wide plow. So it can pull a wide plow. Giant tractors pull extra wide plows, so they can work big fields quickly. Surprising that. There you go. Right here we go. Why did tractors replace horses on farms? A. Tractors didn't need names. B. Tractors were stronger. C. Tractors were brightly coloured, or tractors were cheaper. Tractors wouldn't be cheaper, it'd be B again, I think. What was B again? Uh, they were stronger? Yeah, I'll go with that. Tractors were much stronger than horses. He's go. smashing this. Third one. Final question. What was the main problem with steam tractors? A, they moved slowly. B, they were very noisy. C, they often broke down. Or D, not powerful. Oh, well, they're going to be powerful because it's like cold steam. So it's going to probably be A, I would think. A moved slowly. Yeah. God, three out of three. Steam tractors move slowly because they were very heavy. There you go. How about that? Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, Matt. There we go. So we've got a very special episode today yeah. because this is an episode I recorded so long ago <laughs> and it was it's embarrassing how long ago we recorded it. But no, Not we, Mark. We. Oh, I see. I, I, my yeah. hands are clean on this one. Yeah, no, myself and our lovely guest. Um, but 
it was like a couple of days before I went to Australia yeah. and then it just got lost in the shuffle and it's, it was so good. It was such a nice chat and I was invited as a guest on his podcast, which is called My Time Capsule, which do go and check it out. It's, it's, it's really fun. Um, and uh, it's, it's Michael Fenton Stevens and you will, you will have seen Michael in so many TV shows. Let me just uh, Google it. No, there's loads. There's loads. I mean, I could tell you a couple, but I might as well list just the the, the collection of them. IMBD, you want here, Chief? Okay, first one comes up, Nighty Night. Brilliant show. He's been on Ghosts. He's been on at, at Rogue Agent. That was a really good TV show. He's been on Not Going Out. He's been on Benadorm. He's been on... Only Fools and Horses. He's been on The Crown. He's been on, on He's been in The Crown. He's been, on, he's been, he's been oh, on Only Fools and Horses. That, have I absolutely cut that I've up? just never heard that as a... As a well, you, been, you go on horses. You've been on the... You go on the t- <laughs> <laughs> he's been in, outnumbered. He's been. He's just been in Two Pints Lagers, Lagers, Packet Chris, Lead Balloon. He's just been in everything. Yeah. So he, he's brilliant. He's, he's done theatre. We chat about um, some pantomime jokes that he's written. No, you didn't. Didn't we? Oh, I'm annoyed about that, but I'll put it behind me. <laughs> so uh, here he is. It's Michael Fenton Stevens. What a nice man. Really loved the interview. Sorry it took so long, but we've got it now. Enjoy it. Uh, I've had yeah. lots of great feedback about the episode. Um, oh, it's it's quite, it's, it was quite funny. I was on my way back from, a, I was doing a long drive last night and I thought to myself, oh, I wonder who's Mike's had on this week. I said, I'll have a look. And it was me. I was like, oh, <laughs> such an idiot. <laughs> I'm not listening to that. <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> I can guess it. I can, I've heard every one of his jokes. I know Come what on. happens. It's always the same bloody jokes he does over and over again. <laughs> Speaking of jokes, we might as well get cracking straight into the episode. Let's um, do it. So last time I spoke to you on email, you were saying you were going to be doing some voiceover for a, a memoirs. And I thought I could do a I could do a joke that didn't start the episode with a joke that didn't work linked to that. Yes. Um, so it's not really a proper joke. That's I think that's why it doesn't. It gets a little laugh, but not enough. Not enough, really. So I don't really know how to get into it, but something to, along the lines of yeah. Um, when Banksy does his memoirs, he could call it his autobiography. T. <laughs> It's a nice little play, isn't it? But it it's... does work. It does work. Uh, you know, I mean, it's always difficult, isn't it? Do you know when you write a joke, you go, oh, I wish I could make that more succinct. I wish I could tidy that up a bit. Tell and me. it is. I've written it down because I I've, I've thought of it last night and in bed, strange enough. Brilliant. Uh, I, wanted to buy, I wanted to buy a children's storybook about a grey cat, but I couldn't remember if it was called Mog or Mig. So I texted Waterstones and they just sent me back a drawing of a cat. And I thought, ah, M-O-G. <laughs> That's so forced, but I love it. Is that the first time you've heard the play on words? Never heard M-O-G? that. No? Not, me yeah, either. I think because I, I would think if anyone, tr- I think jumping to the, the cat and the mog, yeah. I think that's quite specific. I, I think if anyone thought to themselves M-O-G, and for a mog, they wouldn't necessarily jump straight to the cat. So maybe no. I wouldn't. That might, I think I don't think there's another famous mog, is there? That's what I was trying to think of. I looked it up. That... I googled it, and in fact, it's a it's a it's some sort of something to do with the immune system. It's got an incredibly <laughs> oh, long it? name. Oh yeah, 
But the fact that you can have an emoji of a cat. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like I, I, there must be a, a, another, is there another angle? I, I think you there might have be. the best angle there, to be maybe. honest. I don't know. It's just, you, it's just a little bit too tortuous. You really maybe, want a joke to flow, don't you? You want it just to be there and go, I think. Maybe if you, what if you started with the, I got sent an picture <laughs> of a cat. I got sent of a picture. No. I got I sent a picture of a grey cat. Yeah, I got a, I got sent of a picture of a grey cat, and and I thought, uh, well, I don't know if anybody knows what that is. You could just make it that succinct, couldn't you? I got sent a picture of a grey cat, and I thought, ah, emoji. Yeah, do you think people, they'd have to know the mog? Is mog? So that's a that's a, a character, isn't it? Of a cat. Yeah, it's a little series of children's books called yeah. Mog, and it's about this little grey cat. Are, are, are cats you sort of need not to be a parent. When... Anyway, is a that muggy, like a... Yeah, but not mog. Not just mog. So oh, that's moggy. a shame, isn't it? Moggy. <sighs> yeah, I like it. But hey, hey listeners um, are always chipping in. So if listeners, a moggy, a moggy, a moggy. No, doesn't work. Mog, mog is perfect. Mog. Yeah, that's what it is. It works. Oh, what a shame. Well, no, I, I think it does work. I'm going to t say that's a win. I think that's good. We both <laughs> oh, like brilliant. it. Brilliant. I mean, I like the concept of it, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I've, I've written jokes over the years like that, that I think that make me laugh. Mm. And then I say them to other people and they say, but no, that can't, that doesn't really work. How can that, that, that just make sense. Do they say I'm, it or do you say it once you've said it? Well, I say it once I've said it, really. I sort of say it. That's a good joke, isn't it? Oh, hang on a second. The logic is not quite right. So years ago, I wrote a mm. joke which was, um, <clears throat> uh, and this again is jokes. You know, jokes go out of they become too old mm. because, in fact, what they're referring to is something that is general knowledge when you write them, but that general knowledge disappears. So again, for, the same with Mog, really, because that's they're quite yeah. old now, aren't they? I think. Yeah, quite. And it's also people who've got children would know it, but other people wouldn't. So you'd yeah. get you'd get a, a scattering of people. More niche. You know, but there was uh, the Guardian when I was a young man was famous for having lots of misspellings in it, oh. because it was a uh, they were just very they rushed it, and so it was it was known as a groniag. I think uh, Private Eye was referred to it as a groniad. Oh right, yeah. Because because it was uh, they were so bad at laying out their typesetting, <laughs> and I I had a joke that I used to do, which never really got a laugh, which was I used to be a typesetter for The Guardian, but uh, I found that the wok was getting on tip of me. Yes, great. <laughs> that took me a second as well. I was like, what? Words, words? Yeah, yeah. I quite like a, a sort of a slow burner. Mm, I like too, one yeah. where, you know, I mean, we've spoken about this before, where the audience look at you for a bit thinking, what did he say? Yeah. And then they work out what you've said. <laughs> Satisfying. It is, yeah. But for everyone, to be honest. But I also remember... a terrifying moment, isn't it, when mm. there is that silence because you think maybe they're not going to go with me on this. I had one last night and they literally took three seconds. I know that doesn't sound a lot. <laughs> oh, that's but, a long time. But, but I, I thought, oh, they, they were really with me for the whole thing and they just didn't go for it for ages. I thought, oh, no, I've got to explain <laughs> this whole thing. But, but they did. And then I'm, I made a, a joke out of the fact that it took them a while. Yeah. Um, but did you did you ever do stand up? Not really. No, I did it as part of a team. So mm. when the comedy store, uh, when the comic strip opened as a rival club to the comedy store in the early eighties, 
and a number of people who I think didn't get on with Keith Allen <laughs> decided to go somewhere else. Was uh, Keith Allen to do with the, the comedy store then? It was the comedy store. He was a sort of a host of the comedy store. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And he was, um, and his rival at the time was Alexis Sale, who used to come in and do stuff occasionally, but I don't think they particularly got on. Oh. And uh, I may be wrong, you know, but that's the way I remember it. And actually then the comic strip opened up. Peter Richardson opened the comic strip and invited a lot of people along to perform at it. And we performed there. We sang there and did some sort of sketches, really. So it, um, it was okay to do sketches then. You mm. didn't just have stand-up. Stand-up wasn't really formed as a, as in this country. I mean, America, it was quite strong, you know. But uh, we didn't really have the tradition of it. We had, a, mm. we had, you know, the classic sort of um, the comedians type thing, yes. where people just told it the a series school. of the old school things. But we didn't have stand-up comedians, and they were they were unusual. Arnold Brown was one of the first, I think who just stood there and just did a series of funny jokes. Mm. But they were all PC, which yeah. was un completely unusual. And original were they as well? Yeah, yeah, all his own. Mm. So they hadn't been written by anybody else. And then you had other people like Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson, and they would do sketches. So they would do bottom-type sketches, bottom-esque sketches. They were the Dangerous Brothers. You know, they came charging on just, just shouting, we are the Dangerous Brothers! And they would just do <laughs> supposedly dangerous things. And in fact, that's sort of where Bottom came from, yeah. from that, from that, those characters. And then Rick used to do, I remember him trying it out and saying beforehand, do you think this will work? And he did this sort of, um, this poet, which I think became, was sort of a Kevin Turvey type early character as well. But he used to, he had a sort of a, a soft R. Whenever I'm near to the theatre, was one line I remember, which I thought was, thought was a fantastic <laughs> rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that happened, you know. Do you remember many of your sketches from back then? We had, um, yeah, it was a combination of really, I mean, the problem is we'd come out of university. So, in fact, we had that rather sort of, uh, I don't know, Stephen Fry, Hugh Laurie type thing. Thing where it was a lot of wordplay and a lot of clever mm. words and people twisting stuff all the time, you know. So we did. We used to do a love story sketch where basically the joke was, which we repeated again and again. Uh, um, will you marry me? Uh, so, so we would say to the to the vicar standing there, "Will you marry us?" And she's, "I, I, I can't marry you. I'm a vicar." <laughs> no, no, no. Will you marry? Dad, we've got to get married. Dad, we, we're going to get married. I can't marry you, son. I'm married to your mother. <laughs> it was we did that joke as many possible ways as you could. It was terrible. But is that one of those things where the more you went, even though it was more forced, the funnier it got because you were because you were forcing it. I think so. The laugh was before you said the line, rather than after, because every time somebody said the phrase, <laughs> "We've got to get married," or yeah, yeah, "Shall yeah. we get married." You knew that the person was going to say, but I, I can't marry you. <laughs> That's brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. So when, when I did your podcast, we were talking about um, when you jokes you, you wrote for uh, eight. Well, it was one specific joke you wrote for pantomime, but didn't work. And I was yeah. like, leave it, leave it. This is for my podcast. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because so, so you've done a lot of do you do? Have you always done panto? No, not really. No, I started sort of, I suppose, uh, late 30s. I started doing, and so I went straight in doing Dame, which is weird, really, because normally you'd start playing, you know, I was the silly... Make a silly joke then about <laughs> just before the war. 
but late thirties. <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. I can't help it. That's where my brain goes. And I'm <laughs> yeah, like, I, was, I have to say it. I have to say I it. Did it in the late thirties, yeah. <laughs> and then, then sadly, Hitler spoiled, spoiled the whole thing. You know, he started a war, and we didn't do any more pantos until at least forty-seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. So you were saying I, I, I tend to. Oh, that's it. The trouble you, the... you are a much better interviewer than me because what you do, you let people talk. Because I remember thinking this when I was doing your podcast. And then I, I kept talking for ages. And then when I stopped, you just love lovely little question back to something I said quite a while ago. But I my memory isn't good enough. So when, <laughs> when I think of something I need to say, I have to say it then or I will no. just go and I'll, I'll just be frustrated for the whole time. <laughs> well, but that means this is real conversation, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> but it, you know, and my problem is that I have I have a bank of jokes in my head. And the people I work with all those years ago, they're always saying to me, how the hell do you remember that? But I think once you've heard a joke, it, it sticks with me. It sticks mm. in my head. I mean, Mark Arden and Steve Frost. Steve Frost is famous now for doing improv. And he's one of the comedy store players yes. and that sort of thing. Who's a brilliant man. But him and Mark Arden, now they, they did a famous series of Levi commercials, I think, and made an enormous amount of money. But um, before that, they used to do this act and... They had a joke in it, which was that Steve used to say, yeah, I, I, I was um, I made a citizen's arrest the other day. And Mark said, well, what's a citizen's arrest? And he said, well, it's it's like a police arrest, except you don't get that searing pain in your bollocks. No, I don't know. Why would that joke stick in your head? Just uh, That's just stuck with you all those, all those years. All those years. So that's from, they, I saw them perform that other comic strip in the early 80s. Yeah. There must be something in your brain, isn't it, that keeps you just slowly having revolving jokes around in your head. Do you find that you know? when you go to sleep and you're resting, that's when you start thinking about this stuff more? Because that's what I do. Like last night, I, I could not sleep because mm -hmm. I had a couple of joke ideas in my head. And then I kept thinking of something. And I was like, if I don't write it down now, I, I, I'll forget it. So I had to keep waking up and put it in my phone. Ah, uh, yeah. No, it's true because it will disappear as well. You think, oh, I thought of a really good one. What was it? Yeah. Uh, so you have to say them, I think. I think you have to say them out loud oh. and see if, I think it's, if you if you say them to two or three people, then they stick. Mm. You know. I mean, I, I saw a thing on YouTube the other day, which made me laugh a lot, was just a man saying to his wife, it made me laugh because he laughed inordinately at his own <laughs> joke. And that was what was funny about it. A joke is okay. It's, um, what's the difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? Uh, people in Dubai don't like the Flintstones, but people in Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one before. That's really yeah, good. yeah. So it's a good joke, but um, yeah. but I remember it because I then immediately told it to my son, my wife, yeah. and a man in the shop. You know, yeah, brilliant. And in it goes. And yeah. It's like you know, and uh, years and years ago we used to do it. I got last night couldn't go to sleep because I got stuck on this idea. Of, I was thinking about doing this, and I was thinking about jokes that we've had in our lives that in a way have worked and then not worked because we used to do a joke right at the end of our show which was um in our next program we'll be looking at the uh, legal profession and asking is legal aid just a fizzy drink for lawyers <laughs> and <laughs> <I like that. laughs> it's a good joke it's yeah. fine you know as a passing joke it works mm, yeah uh, and it was delivered by helen who was in our review group and she did that for years and always got a laugh on it and then one <laughs> evening at dinner she suddenly went oh legal aid like lemonade <laughs> we all stared at her and said what 
she said legal aid like lemonade and we went yes that's right and she said oh no i've just i've just got it and she and honestly she, about she, two years of telling the joke for two years just that's with exactly well, she the right got re a reaction so she's like well that works yes it's fine as long as i say it that way it gets a laugh i don't know why that's brilliant so and, I interrupted you. Well, oh, sorry. That's right. No, and I did it again. You did it again. <laughs> I interrupted like... you trying to correct my interruption. <laughs> I'm terrible at this. <laughs> the moment that she actually worked out what the joke was, she couldn't deliver it. Right. Yeah. Once she, she knew what it was, sell it. she over-delivered over it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Mm. So as a comedian, you're better off not understanding your jokes. <laughs> well, in her case, I think, I'm not sure yeah. that's necessarily true. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So no. pantomime, pantomime. Yes, Let me okay. Get back to pantomime. Go on then. I've got um, pantomime over the years. I've written, you know, as you're writing scripts for pantomime, and I like writing scripts for pantomime. And I don't, I haven't had that many opportunities. I think because people think that I go a bit bizarre. I've had, wow. um, I've had routines in pantomimes. I had a, one of my favourite ideas, which did get into a pantomime, was that right at the beginning, instead of starting the way that pantos always start with the you know, lights going down an opening song and then a fairy comes on with a flash um, and they all start like that mm. and then the baddie comes on and then you go into the story and that's the routine of a pantomime well we started like that and the music sort of started and then I went and I came out from behind the curtain in curlers and said no we're not we're not ready we're not ready we can't start yet uh, one of the cast is not here so I pretended one of the cast was stuck in traffic and she played the part of the sultan's wife but then I said, actually, she's not on till the second half. I think it'll be okay. We'll, do, we'll start and she should be here. She'll be fine. So then every time I came on, I would look into the wings and go, is, is she, is she, no, she, where is she? Oh, okay, right. No, she'll be here. Don't worry, don't worry. And I just kept that idea going until right towards the end of the play, we were in the Sultan's palace and uh, the Sultan said, I want my wife to dance. Bring on the Sultana. And he clapped his hands. And then we all stood there and I went, is she, is she not made it? She's not. Oh, well, well, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, she hasn't made it. So um, uh, 
thanks very much for coming. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. And and then we brought the curtain in. No way. Yeah. We actually brought the curtain down. And then we took it back up out again. I said, hang on a minute, I've had an idea. And I would then pick somebody from the audience to play that part. So we did a sort of a generation game thing where we would show them, you know, what's that in the road ahead? No, no, what's that in the road ahead? You know, we would do that sort of silly joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's that's brilliant. That's commitment to a joke. I feel sorry for the woman that was first cast as the... uh... (laughs) Dalton's wife. She never got love you. It was one of the dancers. Yeah, she would say, "You're axed. You're gone." (laughs) But I like that idea of of turning it upside down. You know, Mm. actually mixing it up. And And I think that makes it fresh for people that go to pantomimes a lot because it's something that they're not expecting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I wrote a routine when I was doing pantomime in Cambridge, and now it's become almost uh, de rigueur to be to be done in whenever you do the uh, Dick Whittington, there's a scene where they travel from London to the Far East to try and do a, a deal to save the shop. And normally they say we get on the ship, or you might have a scene at the dockside. And then the next thing is at the Sultan's Palace. Uh, when I wrote a thing where they brought on this truck, which was a rocking deck. So it, it was on it was on a pivot. Aye. And stagehands stood on either end of it, which were in the wings, and went up and down with it. So the whole thing went up and down on either side, quite, quite a lot actually. Mm. And then we had everything on rollers, so all the plates were on rollers, and it was the it was the uh, it was the canteen, so the ship's canteen. And I pretended then pretended to be the the cook. And somebody came in and said, oh, what, what have you got for, for dinner? And I said, oh, we've got um, starters, we've got fantastic, we've got soup, lovely soup. Uh, would you like that? He said, yeah, I'll have that. I said, hold on a minute, I'll just uh, I'll check the weather because I think apparently there's going to be a storm. And I'd look out at one porthole on one side and say, no, it's perfectly clear on this side. And he'd look out the porthole on the other side and get splashed with water. And he'd go, well, I think, I think there's a storm coming. <laughs> and then the ship would r- r- go up and down and I would bring the food on and we'd slide up and down and eventually it would go all over him. Mm. So... The thing about that routine is that it's sort of a, it's a rule of three. So then you do the main course, which is, uh, which is we did with spaghetti bolognese and the same thing happens and exactly, you follow exactly the same routine. I look out the window, nothing. He looks out the window, gets a splash of water. Then you do the dessert, which is trifle. I come on with a great big bowl of trifle. I say, hang on a minute, I'll just check the weather. And he says, no, no, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I'll check that side. You check this side. And I go, no, 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 no. Well, let's do what we rehearsed. I'll check this side. You check. No, no, come on. And then, come on, boys and girls, you want, to, you want her to check that side, don't you? Hmm. So I go, no, no, I'm not going to. Eventually, I go, okay, all right, I'll check that side. Then I look that side and say, oh, it looks perfectly clear. He looks out the other window and gets water thrown in his face. <laughs> and Is then, it, and that's it. it. And then we do the whole thing. And then the, the, um, you know, it's a rule of three, and yeah. we did we did it, and it's a, it's an hysterically funny routine. It's, is, it's, is he selling the first water like like he's the actor's annoyed? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, no, why do I yeah, get yeah. this? You know, and not only that, he's the one getting the the soup, then mm. he gets the spaghetti bolognese, and and you know, I then love he gets it that the rule tr- of three works in the same way as it yeah. does in a simple like a simple joke format as it does it, in sketch or. Absolutely, it creates, it sets sets the precedent, then it it sort of in a way concretes it in with the second mm. one, and the third one you know what to expect, yeah. so so you can then break it. As what it was 
What was the joke that you told me that didn't work, but I liked it? Yeah, I wanted to do a routine where somebody came on to say, look, I've got this song I'm going to sing. What do you think? And he goes to sing, but the other person on stage is doing something else. So either uh, moving the scenery around or having a picture hung up on the wall or something like that. And so the first person says, right, uh, should I sing you this song? He says, yeah, hang on a minute. I'll just, um, and, and he says, okay, good, right. And he starts to sing and the person says, so say it's hanging a picture. The person says, no, 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 uh, uh, higher. So the person <laughs> who's singing the song interprets that as I have to sing it higher. So you sing, you know, first one sings, Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. No, 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 higher. Oh, tonight I'm gonna have myself a real. No, no, higher than that. Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real. Then he goes. No, actually, no, no, no. Try it lower. All right. Tonight I'm gonna have a. Try it lower. Tonight I'm gonna have a. No, bring it right down. Put it right down. And then you know, over to the left, over to the right. Try it. Try it. You know, turn it around the other way. Okay. And then you sing the words the wrong way round. And I, yeah. I was trying to think of all the different combinations of what you could do with that. Mm. But but very early on, somebody said, no, that's, that's not going to work. Why but I that? thought it would. Yeah, but I, I'm, I was sold on the first bit. But I think you could even have call, well, sort of callbacks to it throughout, <clears throat> the, throughout the, the pantomime with other things other than hanging in a picture. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I, not that off the top of my head, but I'm sure there must be lots of things. Now, that's a very good idea that actually you make it a running joke that mm. the person's constantly coming on to try and audition this song. Yeah. Uh, can I can I can I sing my song now? Uh, Malcolm and Wise used to do that with a bloke. Not now, Arthur. You're too young to know this, but your bloke <laughs> used to come on and play the mouth organ. He's going, no, no, not now, Arthur. And he'd, yeah, go, oh, okay. sorry. And he'd walk off. <laughs> and then keep coming back. And he'd just keep coming back at inappropriate moments, you know. Because then people start laughing in anticipation. <laughs> yeah. I think, especially if you did the same thing of that he wanted to do this one song. Mm. I guess what you'd have to do is work out all the different ways you can instruct singing, I suppose. Yes like rock a bit more rocky like rocky i i mean i don't i don't know but there's different styles of song that perhaps you could get them to sing it in yeah and things like that i guess rock. it, it depends and what you, you what well, the you other say, person's doing the other person's got to have a a variety of things that they can say about something so that hanging the picture was the idea i had or moving the scenery but it needs to be something where there are lots of ways you can get people to do things so mm. you know take it to the bridge and things like that you can say do you know do you see what i mean so that yeah they then, then, did they did they not you didn't they didn't even try it in in the panto no 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 <laughs> i put it in the script and they said we don't think that's going to work wow that's a uh, and you know i was quite new to it and i've i think I've we suggested... should start a pantomime you and me just you <laughs> and me do one. it next year well i'd like to i like writing panto i mean i think the I've great thing it. is children are incredibly open to the mm. most ridiculous ideas Yes. They will go with them. They enjoy them a lot, you know. That's why you can do a song sheet at the end. When I was a little kid, I can't remember anything more fun. They used to sing a, call, a song, which was from the war, I think, called Bobbing Up and Down Like This. Uh, sailing the ocean, bobbing up and down like this. Friends of the sea, are bobbing up and down like this. And that's all it is. And it, it's a silly little song. So whenever you sang bobbing up and down like this, you used to jump up and down in your seat. Oh. Can you imagine any more fun than that? Yeah. 
as a child. You go to a theatre and they say, what we want you to do now is to leap up and down. It's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. You're breaking all the rules. Yeah, and I like that. Have you got, so have you got, well, have you got any other ideas down that you... I've, you know, I've, um, I've like, well, uh, there are things that I've written in jokes. I was thinking about jokes I've done in the past that just <laughs> are now obsolete. I quite like the oh, idea yeah. of that. Yeah, I, there's a joke I used to say about stayed in a lovely hotel. Uh, stayed in a lovely hotel. It was um, advertised as four star. You could tell it was four star because all the rooms smelled of petrol. Okay, right. You see, but that doesn't work. You don't yeah. have four-star petrol anymore. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, exactly. So I understand it, but yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing. I wonder, how, yeah, there must be so many jokes that That, that just disappear. And not just because they're politically correct or incorrect, but because they don't fit the system. They don't yeah. fit in, you know. They don't fit. They're not modern enough. They're not talking about something that people understand. There are so many jokes about just getting a phone call and picking up the receiver. We all do that. It's amazing that that phone symbols on your actual, you know, phone, your smartphone, mm. is an old-fashioned phone telephone. What the hell's that about? Yeah. You know, kids won't have the faintest idea what that is, <laughs> apart from that's the symbol for telephone for some reason. Yeah. doesn't make any sense, you know. But there's lots of jokes. I think like TV shows like go out of date quite quick. So yeah, like I had sometimes on my memories on Facebook jokes I used to I wrote like maybe ten years ago pop up, and one the other day I can't remember what the word was, but the idea was a house party and then something to do with uh, yeah. medical dramas. Mm-hmm. But, but that but houses that's not current anymore so no. like i mean i don't think it would have worked really well anyway but i just thought to myself oh i can't even tweet that again because no. because that's done and even some things like i've mentioned on the podcast quite a long time ago that i had a series of game of thrones jokes and you would assume game of thrones would be it's like it was the biggest tv show so you would yeah. assume they would do well but whenever i tried it it wouldn't work and if i asked the audience how many people watch game of thrones i'd say less than 30 percent yeah, the audience watch them the most popular TV show. It's because the whole yeah. thing's changed now, isn't it? It's because it's the world they're judging mm. it by. You know, they say it's enormous. I'm I'm in a television series at the moment, which is which I've not seen. It's on Apple Plus or something. I don't oh, right. Yeah, I, I don't have it. You know? mm. so Apple TV. I don't know what it is. I've no amazing. idea. And everybody keeps saying, "Oh, I saw you in <laughs> Slow Horses," and I go, oh, "Right, was it any good?" I go, yeah, it's <laughs> it's brilliant. It's you know, I go, oh, right, good. Okay, I've no idea, yeah. but, you know. But then, it's, it's, as far as comedy is concerned, all my life has been obsessed with the quick, simple joke. Because I was saying I really like your style of comedy because it's I love the, the delivery of the succinctness of a joke. I love mm. jokes being done, you know. Uh, I was one the other day that came into my head. And I, I, the problem is I'd never know now whether I thought of it <laughs> Or it's something I heard a long time ago. Right, okay, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's a quantity. So I would never claim ownership of these jokes. Woodpeckers, woodpeckers are clever. They're much smarter than chickens. I mean, you never hear of a Kentucky Fried Woodpecker. <laughs> That's, <great. laughs> That's nice, yeah. And we used to do a joke at the end of our show, which has always been one of my favourites, and I never quite understand why it's funny or why people laughed. But there was always a section of the audience that laughed, and that was always the pleasure of it. Mm. So we used to say, well, you know, thank you for coming. Um, it's lovely to have you here, and uh, we'll just leave you with our, you know, 
the show is called Radioactive. So we should leave me with the radioactive uh, motto of the day, which is be good to each other, always be kind, and never forget an owl in a sack troubles troubles no man. <laughs> an owl in a sack troubles no man. What's that about? I don't what's, know. What's that got to do with radioactive? I don't know. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and it would work. It, yeah, I mean, I think it was written by a man called Jeffrey Perkins, who was. I mean, it's his, funny if it's delivered like well, poignant, um, I think. Yeah. Right? As if it means something. I think yeah, that's what yeah. works, is you say it as if it really does mean something, <laughs> you know, and it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. But I could see Monty Python doing that and it being hilarious. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so... he, he did, um, he wrote a thing for us for a telly show, Jeffrey, which was. Um, I played this character and we were doing a sort of a challenge Annika thing, which is a thing that Annika Rice used to do where she flew around in a hel helicopter and we were spoofing that. So yeah. again, you know, it's it's gone, it's come, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. But um, but as part of it, they were in the studio and sort of directing me and I would say to them, okay, right, I've come, I'm, I'm, I've come to a gate. And they say, okay, right, is it is it locked? I say, yeah, no, it's locked. They say, well, all right, well, um, we'll climb over it then. Okay, I'll, I'll climb. No, hang on a second. No, no, you're going the wrong direction. No, climb back over the gate. Okay, I'll climb back over the gate. And and so you should be going. Oh no, sorry, I got the map upside down. Okay, no, go back over the gate. And so I'd climb back over the gate. And slowly the shot pulled out to reveal that it was just a gate <laughs> in the middle of an empty I love field. That. <laughs> There was no fence, nothing. Yeah, you yeah. could easily, but I'd climbed over it three or four That's times. That's really funny. That's brilliant. Yeah. So stupid. So stupid. I mean, it makes ah. no sense at all. And I love that. I love that's, it when that happens. That's awesome. Well, let, I think we should end that there. I mean, that is, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> it's my pleasure. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. Michael Fenton Stevens hashtag a wooga to Michael Fenton Stevens. You know what? I don't do that outro very often now because we nearly always do interviews mm. in house. That's the, that's the in first one in ages. Mm. So in flat, yeah, in studio. Mm. Um, so there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. Um, any feedback? Let us know at Jokes with Mark across all social media. Go check out Michael's. Uh, his uh, podcast. Yeah, go and check out all the competition. <laughs> check out my time capsule, my episode <laughs> of my time capsule. Go listen to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't. Go, I didn't do it. I don't. You didn't. About my time capsule. Well, you haven't have... met him yet. No. no. Well, might in the future. You might in the future. Are you doing your Dave party outro again? <laughs> I don't know what that means. You know, you know what I mean. Right. That's how we ended the last podcast. You, you moaning because you didn't get an invite. Oh for, yeah, that's right. For the God, Dave party. Seems, oh cripes. That looks like a million ago. years ago. I know, right? Uh, uh, yeah. But we're on tour now. <laughs> Do check out the tour at marksimmons.co.uk or via my social media at jokes with Mark. We're, we've got so many tour dates; it just keeps on going. We're going everywhere we haven't been, and we're going back to places where. Where we will just want more, where they just want more. So, check all those out. Uh, leave us a five star review uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you can be bothered. Please be bothered, it really helps us. Uh, anything more from you, Danny? Uh, nothing more from me, Mark. Anything more from you, Mark? Nothing more from me, Danny. And remember, be, be more Gareth. Hashtag Awooga. And thanks to Matt for being here. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.